Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And imagine you are so bad at your job that people think, hey, mm. that accused sex trafficker slash yes, a minor sex haver. I'm being, I, I don't want to use the other word. Th- that guy is making a good point. They should fire you. Happy Kevin McCarthy got shit canned today, f- folks. I'm Dr. Law. And with me as always, DJ Mark. Um, sup? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, great. This is a great lead. Ah, dude, it was a great me. day. <laughs> let me tell you. Between that and... So the, weird. The, let me tell you. The other part where the ex-president, judge told him, I pretty much told him, I fucking dare you to tweet something about me again. I double dog dare you. It was pretty much what this dude said to him. Between those two things, it's a great day. Also joining us this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. <laughs> Hello. As the Brits would say, an happy... Tuesday, and I say that because I think this is the first time we've actually had a Tuesday show. If I'm right, I don't think we've ever done that. Recording on Tuesday, they're listening to it on a Wednesday. But yeah, it's very true. Yeah, the real hardcore fans listen at 11 p.m. when this podcast gets dropped. Okay, okay. Technically, if it's on Tuesday, then hey, then maybe I've been giving Mike a hard time about saying like, yo, these days. I guess, I guess when Mike says it's National Donut Day, there's like an hour left in the day. If someone listens to this podcast as immediately as it drops, Mike is using whatever is the better day to talk about between the day it is or the next day because sometimes. It's National Paperclip Day, and you got got a lot of material with National Paperclip Day. All right. Unless it's see, if it was National Operation Paperclip Day, then I'd be like, oh, that's that's lit. But if it's just straight up, yo, yeah, happy paperclip day, get the fuck out of here. What was the name like of the that. paperclip that used to help you write a business letter in Microsoft Word? If it, if we were celebrating that guy, you remember the little clippy? fucking uh, click? What's his name? Maybe Clicky? Clippy? You know what I'm talking about, Clippy? right? The little animated dude who used to come Clippy? on there. Yeah, Clippy. I don't know. Maybe Clippy. He was a, Clippy? Yeah, he was a, he was a mascot. Yeah, man, you started Microsoft typing D here and it says, looks like you're trying to write a letter. Do you want some help? No, but thanks for asking, Clippy. Really showing my age here. Mike, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, I, I, needed, I needed that uh, extra thing. Anyway, normally, as Mark said, I will double dip between Monday and Tuesday, but as today is Tuesday, I'm going to double dip between Tuesday and Wednesday. So I wish you all a happy National Fruit at Work Day, which is the first Tuesday in October, a happy National Boyfriend Day. This one doesn't pertain to you, Mark, as you are a loving and abiding husband um, Bobby, Rocio has a few hours to do something nice for you. Uh, Jacqueline has about an hour and 45 minutes for myself. I'm, I'm expecting something 
<laughs> before uh, before this podcast is over. Fuck so is happy ticking, National yeah, Boyfriend Day for the rest of you out there. And for those of you who will be listening to this tomorrow, October 4th, a happy National Golf Lovers Day. Shout out to Sal Carroll. What up, what, what, what? Uh, happy National Vodka Day to our Ruskies out there. And to the Popo out there who listens to this podcast, National Coffee with a Cop Day. I don't speak with Favo, so yeah, one three one two one three one two one three one two baby. Mike, there's a very important day you forgot about tomorrow. Also, baby, it is National Taco Day. Mm-hmm. National Taco Day. Excuse me. I don't think I was fucking done saying my days obviously i was gonna now nah, I, I forgot about I national say, Mike, Day. the other option was you like i think forgot is a better choice than i my hierarchy of days it was below get some coffee with a cop day <laughs> like it should rank higher than that you know just, you're actually was, you're absolutely right bobby uh, you guys absolutely. had this whole thing queued up. Mike wanted you to queue up Taco Day. And I was like, wait, was the bit that you forgot? Yeah, I was wondering what was the bit was, Mike. We had a to be honest. To be honest. All this, this fucking Taco Day up for it. To be honest. Like, I, I forgot the bit halfway through. I was like, shit, okay, I had something clever you lined up. And I completely me? forgot about I, it. It was a whole thing. I was ready to take a bump here, Mike. A verbal bump. I, Okay. <laughs> I, I, I had I had the bird lined up and then I completely forgot about it because we started we took so long to actually start this podcast. Yo, I completely forgot. Folks, let's be straight here, okay? We're picking one UFC fight. They're back <laughs> at this fucking apex. Mike agreed to talk about Bellator in a few minutes here. This is gonna be one of those podcasts. It's gonna be a little bit unhinged. Okay. Loosey goosey. It's on a Tuesday. Everything's different, you know. It's a wacky world. Club going up. Yeah. Uh, on a Tuesday. Mark, do me a favor, get a little bit closer to your mic when you're talking in general. You got um, it. All right, baby. Let's get into it, man. UFC is back this weekend, but you know what? We're going to hold off on that talk first because we're going to talk about Bellator for a minute. And we're also going to talk about my new god, Cedric Dumbe, because that dude went out there with some legend status over at PFL, uh, the PFL cage last weekend. PFL dropped that ball big time. Not not finding a way to air that in the United States, but shout out to Twitter. We'll get to that shortly. Mark, Bellator, a promotion that has been yeah. around. I can't even tell you the year. But, uh, 2009. But back on those, yeah, 2009? 2008. First apparently. event was held in 2009. Ah, okay. So, from the time where it was on Fox Sports Latin America... It was on all sorts, yeah. every channel in the world at one point. I remember Bell- uh, Bellator, right? Back in the Bjorn days. Um, mm-hmm. We're now approaching Bellator 300. It's something that honestly should have been an achievement, Mark. But really, there's this big-ass cloud hanging over this whole promotion, this whole company right now, and this whole event. And that is the fact that, that Viacom is trying to sell this shit. What are your thoughts, man? This thing's 15 years old. We're 300 events in. You know, What do we even make of this at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them props for trying to make 300 an event. You know, there was, they had four title fights lined up. Um, now we, we found out earlier this week, Bader, and uh, who is he going to fight? Linton, Linton Vassal. Vestel. Bit of a bummer. That one got slashed. Yeah, mm-hmm. fell through. Which which hurt. That was the main event and an intriguing fight. It, it, it intri- I mean, kind of a weird fight. Two light heavyweights fighting at heavyweight. Um, but Linton had moved up to heavyweight and had done pretty well. And and Bader obviously has asserted himself really well in that division. So it was, it was a bummer to see. 
that might fall through and them not to have a replacement for Bader, but there's not a lot of time to find a replacement. So, you know, what we have on the rest of the card, you know, it's still a really good card and something, you know, worth, you know, I don't know, celebrating is the right word, but, but you're right for like the 300th event. It doesn't seem like it's really getting the, and for them being around for as long as they have, like that really in itself is the pageantry. achievement, right? The number of these promotions mm-hmm. that have just come and gone in that time. And look, we don't know. I mean, to be clear, they shouldn't keep this as two promotions. We can get into that if they ever do sell, if the sell ever goes through mm-hmm. with PFL. But like Affliction, Elite XC, Bodog, they're all gone. Everything's gone. And Bellator just, you know, engine that could, man, 15 years, a long time. I don't know what other promotions have made it that long, short of like Shuto and, you know, Pancrase and stuff. You know what I mean? It, uh, yeah. And you could easily say they're not at the level that Bellator is, right? Yeah. I mean, I think. Most people that kind of know mixed martial arts outside of just the UFC would be relatively familiar with Bellator and, and the PFL, right? Um, so to have Bellator have the longevity that it has, to have the roster that it has, to have the, the athletes that have come through and stayed in the organization. You know, you could look at your Chandlers and your Eddie Alvarez's who've gone over to the UFC and, and, and made a name for themselves uh, there as well. But also the guys that have stayed local to Bellator, like the, the Pitbull brothers, have made a name for themselves. And they've scouted new talent as well. So... Yeah, it, it is remarkable that they've stayed afloat for as long as they have. And also that like this big, you know, tentpole event doesn't really seem to be getting the traction. You would kind of think as much as they tried to build it up. But you're right. It could be the looming of PFL getting purchased or them just getting sold overall is kind of taking a lot of the wind out of the sales or just in general. I personally kind of feel since they moved to Showtime, it has kind of negated the ease of use of watching a lot of their fights mm. like showtime is the one channel that i've never had access to so it's like i'm not dude when they decided friday was their day for a while there too Friday's and not like, great. yeah look i mean I, I like scott coker overall i think he gets a pass for a lot of stuff just because he's not loud and like like dana white is <laughs> because it's a lot of same shady shit happens in bellator that happens in any other company. But because Scott Coker just talks like a normal dude, and I'm just Scott, I'm talking Wait. like a normal dude, and like, it's okay. Like what? Do you think any of these people are independent contractors? Oh, okay. Uh, do you I know the UFC, UFC, like offer, UFC offers insurance, at least for camp injuries and in-camp injuries and stuff. Bellator ain't offering dick. Bellator sure, don't truck test yeah. anybody. I don't care necessarily at this point, but like, when I'm sure Dana White, I might have said it, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody's coming. I mean, they're the UFC. They're the biggest company, but like, when people were hunting down the UFC after everybody was testing positive that year between Vitor Anderson and John Jones and like, you got to do some out of competition drug testing. Nobody's asking a fucking thing of Bellator ever to do that stuff. And I think the because, and some of it is also like Dana White, the way Dana White carries himself. And like, even like, honestly, you felt like people gave Bjorn more shit for being a dickhead because Bjorn kind of was with dickhead. Scott Coker does the same bullshit, man. But anyway, I don't think bringing him in did the things they thought it was going to do. Just putting that out there. But yeah, Mark, you were talking about it. And Mike, let's get in here. Your thoughts too. I know you've never been the biggest fan of like Bellator. um, Because I mean, part of that is a podcast gimmick because I always wanted to send you to Uncasville, to be fair. Um, And you know, you had to keep the gimmick alive, kayfabe, kayfabe. But like them making it this long and us just literally talking about like, are we wrapping this thing up soon? Are we wrapping it up this week? Are we wrapping it up next week? Is there going to be Bellator 301? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what do you what do you make of it? In fairness, I had an opportunity to go watch the Eastern Conference Finals 
uh, between the New York Liberty and the Connecticut Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. And guess what I said? Fuck no. Uh So it's not just because of Bellator. It's just, again, no one wants to go to the pit of the United States Uncasville. We couldn't get Mike to leave Manhattan at one point, okay? Like, Uncasville's real far, okay? (laughs) I'm not even... Uncasville might just be, like, five miles outside of New York, but it just sounds far. Like, Uncasville? What type of fucking stupid name is Uncasville, Connecticut? I just hope it's named after some meaningful shit for Native Americans. Just, God, please let that be the case. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, shit. But seriously, what do you think, man? Um, sorry, I was very focused on the Uncasville part. What was your question again? What do you make of all this, man? Like, we're just, it's kind of sad. We don't have a lot to, like, I, I think this is like, they made it 300. I know these are just numbers, but we all have assigned meanings to round numbers and everything, no, man. It's, it's like, they're, they're all just numbers, but they're significant numbers because in our heads, they're significant milestones. There's a reason why, you know, age 10, age 20, 21, you know, 30 and etc that they're big birthday markers because they're you know big divisible numbers and they make for very easy uh you know landmarks uh when it comes to the passage of time and it they, they should be marking points uh for you to look back with the ufc everyone remembers ufc 100 i don't I wasn't even a UFC fan when UFC 100 came around, but I know that John Jones was on the undercard for that one. I know that you uh, um, GSP fought on it. He, he tore his groin against Tiago Alves and in the, well, at the beginning of at the, between the first and second round, uh, he tells Greg Jackson, I tore my groin. I get Greg Jackson because I don't give a fuck. And, you know, like, it, it, it goes it. from there. Hit him with your groin. <laughs> yeah, we know that at UFC 200, they had a garish, you know, gold uh, mat. colored cage, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. The cage rage cage. <laughs> all of this being said, it should be a big deal that any promotion, to be honest, gets to 300, 300, uh, you know performances um sorry for for lack of a better word yeah um so it is a shame that it's not a a, a bigger deal um and i guess they at least they have two title fights three actually um, so three, three cuz oh, they were wow. going with four so this is the revamp card here we lost the main event of, of uh Linton Vassal versus Ryan Bader and again i want to say this again i said it when they first announced this this shit should have been in San Jose like Mark and I should be going to this. So, right? so many of the so many of the Bellator cards are in San Jose, no? Yeah, or at I know. least in the Bay Area. Exactly. San Jose specifically, man. They, like the reason we don't get UFC cards here is because of Bellator. Okay, like that's my logic here at this point. Um, but we got still the Battle of San Diego happening in San Diego for the Women's Flyweight Championship. Friends, possibly former training partners. I know they're friends at least. Former champion Alima Lay McFarland, current champion Liz Carmouche. Probably the most competitive of the four of the, well, then four, now three title fights on paper, Marcus, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Cyborg, Kat Zingano, I feel we've been talking about this fight happening for at least like three years. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, quite frankly, probably the best com- fighter in their company, 
So maybe we'll never where we might we might never know. Maybe the best lightweight in the world is sitting over there. Usman Namargamedov. Like it's hard. I, I really think people need to appreciate how good Usman is, Mark, because I don't know how many people are aware of what they got over there because of the stuff we've mentioned in terms of like the ability to watch the things, but his fights aren't close. Like, it's the best division in this sport. Bellator's got a pretty good lightweight roster, and their fights aren't close. Um, yeah. He'll always have a stigma not being in a, the UFC, essentially, right? The, the competition in, in Bellator, as much as we know that, you know, th- there's some good guys. And I and I would even preference to say, like, he's only fought a couple really choice guys. I mean, he beat uh, uh, Patricky Pitbull. I think that was a good yeah. scalp. Ben, Benson Henderson, you know, was another one that's like, it's just... These names don't have the, the the gravitas of the roster of the UFC, but like, and that's what potentially makes you know mm. a future fight with some of the guys that we're more familiar with, you know, like a uh, uh, Brent Primus here, very compelling, right? We can really see how good this guy is. So, do you like? Do you think all this? Do you think this before. tournament shit they do in Bellator? And I know you're a big pride guy, Mark. So I think you're the person to ask. Their rigidity with the tournament thing. I there's times I wonder if this is just like. Not necessary. Like their commitment to doing a tournament or not doing a tournament because I don't know, man. They put AJ McKee on one side of this tournament. They put Usman on the other side. AJ already got hurt, had to pull out of his fight. So now Usman's in the middle of this fucking tournament for another fight after this one, even if he wins. And reality, we all would have just been like, yo, just book fucking AJ McKee versus Usman. Like this is not the UFC. UFC's not even a meritocracy. Just book the fucking fight we want. Like, yeah, I mean, it. The tournaments have their their pros and cons, right? They it's a way to build storylines, and for an organization that you know maybe doesn't have as much name value or people aren't as familiar, if they could get someone on board with a tournament and kind of see like, okay, well this is the narrative, this is the top dog, and he's going after this, and then it builds some kind of you know interesting storylines in, but it doesn't always work out the way you want it to, right? You don't always end up with the fights that you want, or certain brackets are are weaker, certain guys can advance and sometimes win tournaments that maybe on paper don't seem like they're the best. And if they were just to, to fight the best guy after the best guy, they wouldn't maybe be as accomplished as they would. Um, but it is a way to kind of build some recognition with the audience, but the audience has to consume a lot. You have to consume exactly. all of these cards and follow along to kind of get that narrative. And that's also a hard um, pill to swallow. But, you know, we do also talk Bobby like every week about like, it's hard just to follow in the UFC footsteps where it is just like, well, let's just match make and let's just try to, maybe do a ranking system and yeah. you know, the champion fights the best guys and you're kind of just following in the UFC footsteps, which I think makes a lot of sense, but there's some, you know, merit to trying to do something different. Um, how well it works out is very debatable, right? Like PFL has a very interesting system with all the points. And then you, like we talk about every week and we're going to talk about a little bit later. One FC has all these different rule variants where they have kickboxing, Muay Thai, grappling and mixed martial arts. So it's good to try something new, but it doesn't always land the way you want it to. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing in Bellator is like, are these tournaments really garnering the yeah, it's viewership? Just, it's just my, Mike, are you still there? Cause I lost your video. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, Mike, I, my opinion, I think like, I think we understand what Bellator does generally is like get a bunch of aging UFC fighters, try to convince people it's still 2008. And like, maybe you pick up watching these other guys while you're there for Ryan Bader and Chael Sonnen and, you know, Matt Mitrione and every, all these guys, all these also rands they've had over the years. I really think, man, you get, you want to get your opinion on this. Like, yeah, book those fights. But then rather than making Usman go through the fucking thing, like, 
Hey man, main event Ryan Bader versus fucking Chael, co-main event Usman versus AJ McKee. Like, book the fight. You know, don't make us watch three, uh, watch Ryan Bader versus Chael, and then three fights Usman needs to get to get to the one we want. You know what I'm saying? Wait, so so are you saying that the retread USC guys should be the main events? I don't. I'm not even saying main event or not main, main event. I'm just saying like if you're gonna use the US, I'm saying it's fine using these old dudes. As annoyed as I've been with it, but like asking people to like I think you gotta work on of like this is like a one off pop. Like you're trying to work for one pop, right? Like rather than like build this thing up, I think they gotta recognize. I mean, now it doesn't matter. They're gonna get bought, but like. I think it would have been smarter just to be like, hey, man, let's book the best matchup we can with these guys that we built ourselves. Well, I mean, Bob, let me. Well, well, I mean, hold, I'm wrong. Mark, 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 just in, in, in fairness, um, just because you used him as an example, Ryan Bader was their champion. Yeah, that's not the best so, example. But so so not the best example. I, I, I know what you're trying to Fedor. say, but yeah, Fedor um, and fucking Czech Congo, for but, example, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, it's. I think it's also hard to be a promotion like Bellator. Honestly, look, it's hard to be a promotion that isn't the UFC because you're trying to find a good balance between, all right, we need to try to get some eyeballs in any way we can. Um, and even if we have talent that we know is very good, but no one knows who the F it is, no one's going to watch it. So we have to have these other guys on here. So it, it it is a balance between who you have on your roster and where you have them in the fight placement. So I can't I can't begrudge um, Bellator for what they're doing here. Um, I think people would the same way you have an issue with them having the ex-UFC guys be maybe the second, third, or fourth fight before the main event, um, and then have the the actual Bellator guys perhaps be the, the main event, in, in in this case is what I'm referring to. Um, I think you can find issue either way that people go. Yeah, I gotcha. Marcus, you wanted to chime in before we moved on? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I do think there's. I thought the the point you were trying to make is like it's it's kind of weird sometimes they have the the champions in the tournament. Um, you know, also that. usually usually the champion is like the prize, right? So it is kind of weird to be like, okay, you're fighting because like if I'm in a tournament, right, and I'm fighting the champion in the first round and I beat him, it's like, well, I kind of accomplished the goal, right? Like I want to be champion. I just beat the champion, but now I still have to go through a semifinal and a final to what get like a big purse or something it's like the champion i mean m bison isn't fighting eight guys to then fight himself at the end he's a top dog he's yeah, the last exactly. guy exactly like so it's kind of like they, they, they've done some weird stuff at the same time it is kind of like it, it's kind of baller that's like yo even though you got the belt you're still part of this shit you gotta fight three times to like earn you know the the big paycheck i always thought that was a little weird but pride used to do it too now, um, now, now, Mark, is that also because in Pride it was a Grand Prix? It was actual just belt. that was just actual just a self-contained tournament, right? That's true. That's a good point. Whereas the, the with Bellator, they were they they were trying to split the baby, right? Well, they it call it Grand like. Prix anyway. 
They call it that. Well, they but, but yeah, they, they called it that, but they were still trying to, I think, split the baby where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have the tournament where we crown a champion every year. But yeah, this motherfucker has one move in his tournament. That's basically know? what I'm saying. This dude's got one move. It's tournament. Yeah. That's the only move. It's the only idea he's ever fucking had. It's the only idea he ever had fucking strike force. Anyway. Well, I mean, it was uh, uh, strike force. I don't think had tournaments. This was a oh, Bellator. Man, the Bellator heavyweight was- thing. Oh, you're right. That was they the did. last thing you ever did. They ended the whole fucking promotion. But, I mean, but but to be fair, Bellator on uh, uh, event one was tournament, and it's always been tournament. Yeah, so I, mean, I literally good. saw someone say the most interesting thing in MMA right now is what Scott Coker going to do next, and I'm like, what's he going to do? Go join or take over another company that gets sold four years later? Like, what and, did he do? Do some tournaments? Yeah. Okay. Strike Force was fun. Bellator wasn't that fun with him, man. Just saying. Not sure it was any yeah. markedly improvement from Bjorn. I thought I was dealing with a lot more washouts from the UFC with Scott than I did with I, Bjorn. I'd be Let's interested to way. see if he starts another organization. Because obviously, like, he made Strike Force from, from nothing. That was yeah. his creation, right? He fell into Bellator, essentially. I mean, right? They, like, I mean, I don't think he just, I don't think Scott Coker was sipping my ties. I think he wanted the job. But, like, I think he sure. saw the job out. Like, would he start another? I'm kind of interested to see him start a fresh promotion. I mean, honestly, Bjorn Rebney selling to Viacom and not thinking they were going to replace him with Scott Coker was fucking just like a level of naivete naivete that's yeah. insane to me but, by the way but i want to say it's the most interesting thing. yeah no <laughs> i don't care what scott coker does if he if he continues on we kind of know the anything they've ever asked scott coker he's like i'll get back to you on that one i'll get back to you on that one yeah. all right uh mark mentioned one fc fucking love one fc man they're they're mm-hmm. they're asian dana's a prick too chaudry i saw him talking yeah. about the amateur hour that is the ufc and i'm like <laughs> all right bro all right calm yeah. down calm down all right it's just you had a good night all right you had a good night. Um, they did have a good night, though. Stamp Fairtex rules. Um, I love Stamp Fairtex. She is a superstar for that company. Um, this was on Amazon Prime Video. She fought um, C- or Ham C-O-He. Or I can't. C-O-Ham is what we used to call her in the UFC, all right? Yeah. Ham Derlay is what we like to call her. Ham Derlay, okay? Um, they were supposed to be fighting for the women's interim Adam White title. Um I recommend if anybody's got some time, either watch the video essay or the Players Tribune article that Angela Lee wrote about uh, mental health and how her sister committed suicide, Victoria Lee, who was a one fighter. And then how Angela mentioned herself that she herself had one time contemplated it. Um, So it was the impression was she was going to be at this event that she might be coming back to, you know, fight the winner. And then um, apparently she – well, then at the event, she went into the cage and announced her retirement. I don't think people uh, who are just learning what one is in post-Amazon deal, Mark, necessarily realize how big of a deal Angela was for one when that company first started. Like mm-hmm. she was their champion when she was like 20 or something. She's 27 now. And like there were CNN articles being written about her when she was that young when she won that title. Like she has a 2,700-day title reign in this company it's like seven years i think eight years so um her stepping down and look this is mma who who really ever retires we don't know but she was a really big star for them yeah given the circumstances and what she was dealing with and i don't think her brother who is still the bantamweight or featherweight champion for the men's side christian don't think he's retiring he hasn't made a comment yet about that angela's you know she's got kids you know, she kind of, you know, I think it really, 
people grieve however they grieve and you know all the more power to them but everything she wrote and everything she said if you want to watch the video version of their of her players tribune article it's really a good it's really a good listen or you know read quite frankly um but it turns out as i was mentioning stamp and uh stamp fairtex and hamderley uh were both told the day before and there's video of this where Angela sat down with each of them and said, hey, I just want, I don't want you to be surprised, but I'm going to retire tomorrow. So you're fighting for the full championship. And I guess her and Stamp are friends. So that was a really sweet moment. And not that mm-hmm. her and Ham are en- 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 enemies, but Stamp and her are just closer. Um, Stamp is a three-weight world champion or three-sport world champion now. Um, who is the first person, I guess, I don't know, Chotri says words. We don't know if they're true or not. But she is the Atomweight champion. She won, I'm assuming, their Muay Thai belt. And she did. She won their Muay Thai Atomweight title and their kickboxing Atomweight title. I'm not super clear on the difference in the rules between their kickboxing and Muay Thai divisions, to be honest at this point. No elbows and stuff. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, she's super young, man. She's 25. People fucking love her. Like, she's a superstar. She comes out. She dances. She has, like, a specific dance she does. The crowd's all fucking into it. One does that thing that Pride used to do also at the beginning of the events where everybody comes out and they announce all the, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of patents. Huge patent fucking pop. Huge pop. And, I, dude, I think one has the – one has a really good product, man. They have a really good product. Yeah. Um, they – there's times with the jujitsu stuff that I'm just like – I wish sure. there, I I wish there wasn't a decision, and but then I wonder if we would just be there all night to get like a winner or something like that, you know, like to determine a winner or something. I, I think the grappling stuff is the hardest to consume. Like if someone's really good, by. I can appreciate it, but I'm not. I watch a lot of MMA, and I just don't think I know. I even I'm picking up more of it, but I don't think I can appreciate it as well as I do the other ones. Um, sure. I mean, and when you look at the rest of their events, I mean, because a lot of the events they have will be almost all kickboxing muay thai and maybe like a couple mma fights and you know what what me and bobby say almost every week is like if you just like combat sports you're doing yourself a disservice not consuming this product because like these fights are insane like yeah to see this high level and it's you know as, as someone that like you know it, it it was hard to find muay thai fights to, to watch them in the early days like this was stuff that was not easily accessible even in the, the days of the internet right so to have like this level of competition like on a weekly basis and to see like yeah these guys just smashing each other like and i think that a lot of even fickle fans or kind of like fair weather fans if they were to watch a couple muay thai one fc fight they they would be more sold on the part because like these guys go hard it is three three minute rounds of like these guys swinging like full steam the whole time and you know sometimes you watch you know, we watch UFC events and sometimes, you know, it is a, there's lots of work in the clinch. There's lots of, you know, groundwork that maybe isn't the most entertaining. But like this is like hardcore violent action um, that is very easy to consume and be entertained by. And there's like crazy knockouts they every have, week. They have, they have some, they have some great. They have their I like their rule set. I like the way they're judging mm-hmm. fights. I like everything they're doing, man. The refs are good. The action flows. It's, a, yeah. it's just, you know, Chotry's a fucking twat. But like whatever, man. Of course, Dana yes. White's in the UFC. Chotry, Chotry's lies are wild, though. Chotry's just like, we're the most watched fucking sport in the world. And you're like, or we're the most watched company in the world. We have the most fans. Didn't, was like, didn't he say that like their rosters are comparable? Like in he, terms no, of he sl- didn't say like comparable. Number? He said it was better. They're playing. They have sloppy striking and subpar jujitsu at the UFC. Oh, I wasn't referring to that. I was just referring to like actual Dude, just he, number. He shit on the entire existence of K1 a week and a half ago. And I was just like, 
All right, Chatri, just, just shut up. All right, their belt is comically large, like comically large at times, or like mm-hmm. like I like I'm watching. Uh, I was watching the Danielle Kelly. Our name was the Adam Weight grappling one. Yeah, um, I saw that one. She was really good. I did not understand. I would have liked if she finished the girl, but like it was still entertaining. Um, but that girl was half the the belt was half her size. Like, and they gave yeah. her the belt. Their they're entire here. torso disappeared. I saw a head and, with a belt. To, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like the numbers he talked about seem certainly inflated. But like when you watch those events, you know, in those stadiums in Thailand, like those audiences are lit. Like they are yeah. fucking eating I'd it up sometimes. Go. Like I'd love to go to one oh, of their shows, man. Insane. I want yeah. to go to Thailand I mean, in general. But like, are they? They're always in Singapore, yeah. not Thailand. Actually, Singapore. Yeah, they, they do in Singapore a lot, and they're they're in a lot of the, the Thai stadiums, and yeah, it's just like the energy is palpable. So you can definitely see, like I, I think in those markets. It's very popular. Yeah, like I was going to go to Singapore. If I ever go to Singapore and there's a one event, I'm like, I'm going. I'm 100% yeah, going. But, That'd be sick. Um, but yeah, this weekend they had a double event, right? They had an event. It, it's, I think, like, I think they have an event every Friday. Like, I'm pretty I, sure never, it's literally I, every you Friday. Know, I follow what's his name on Twitter? Um, Grabaka, Hitman, Kaposa. Okay. Yeah. And that dude doesn't sleep. Mm-hmm. If there's fights happening, I'm seeing gifts. Yeah. Every week, every Friday, though, someone's getting. I think every Friday, yeah. they have something. And then th- this one was on Saturday. Like this, the big main event, the the prime one was on Saturday. So they had a double Friday. Friday. It was Friday. It was Friday morning I and then Friday night. Okay. Because Friday morning is when I like you'll be like every Friday morning I see it. I'm like yeah, I'm walking my dog yeah. looking at gifts. Like yeah, they're uh, they're 12 years in, man. Um, I still think they're a uh, you know money laundering operation. I but, mean, uh, like just, that's stay, the case I, in those Asian markets. Just keep it but. going, man. I like your show. I like this Andrew, Amazon deal. I hope it's beneficial. I hope this is not just Amazon being like, let's dip our toe in MMA and see if we can pull off paying the UFC. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. also, didn't like, did didn't they say they're going to raise? Isn't Prime Video going to cost extra or something now? Or that's what they said. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Netflix said they were going to. They're all raising their prices. I just, yeah, I told, I, I told you when that deal, whenever there's a deal struck, they're going to blame the writers and, and actors for milking us for more money. Um, yeah. Anyway, real quick, PFL, because we've already been going 33 minutes about this stuff, and you know, this is not that much interesting shit. Cedric Dumbe. All right, my new god, Cedric Dumbe. All right. I believe he the man came out with a um, mattress for his opponent in the, at the PFL. You know, um, Jordan was his opponent, and the and in French it said "Good night, Jordan." And then the crowd was chanting, uh, "You're you're dead, Jordan." And then in nine seconds, Jordan was unconscious. So the UFC not signing this fucking superstar already, this overnight sensation, at least with the MMA fans. I'd say it's a mistake, but they're printing money. They don't care. Um, this is the type of guy PFL needs. They fucked up, and there was no uh, U.S. broadcast of this. They had no U.S. broadcast of this event. So we all had to depend on Twitter. Um, yeah, man, this is what PFL needs dudes like this, man. Just like big fucking dudes you got to watch, you know? I think Kayla's fighting soon. I think Kayla's contract's also going to be expired anyway at some point here, shortly, by the way. Um and then this dude, after he was done, he went and talked about how Fernand Lopez, the guy running uh, that fight factory thing in France, Francis's former coach, said, and uh, what's his name's current coach, uh, Gaunt's mm-hmm. current coach, uh, called him a woman beater, uh, called him a woman beater in front of everybody, and now made people look up into look, uh, said he beat his form, his divorce, his wife he divorced. People looked into some of these things, might be something to it. So Jordan out here ruffling a lot of feathers. Uh, 
making himself a name for money to many different reasons. But we'll see. Um, I just, you know, I'm going to say this about the PFL. Please do not run Bellator as a separate entity. Do not do that. I think that is a mistake. I don't think any brand, I don't think you need multiple brands. Mike, I think this is foolish, the idea of running multiple brands. I think you need to, everything is PFL. PFL is on ESPN, for now at least. PFL is what you talk about. All these Bellator fighters now work for PFL. They don't work for fucking Bellator. This is, this is not a thing, right? Am I, am I missing something? This seems like a terrible idea because a lot of people think no. they might do it. <laughs> no. I, I I don't disagree with you. I, I I think at this point that should be the mindset that they're thinking of now. Yeah, use that Saudi money to change all those signs. Okay, they got all that Saudi money. Use it. Go to have someone go to Home Depot and paint over the Bellator signs. Okay, pay for a new stationery. It's fine. Um, Ryan Bader, by the way, folks, did want to fight this weekend. Um, only in this sport though, where people say, "Hey, man, fight a totally different dude." Just you're, well, you're the heavyweight champion. Fight a totally different dude. Go from fighting a French kickboxer like Linton Vassal to fighting an American wrestler like Corey Anderson. Ryan Bader's like, hey, man, I would have, but Viacom doesn't want to give me a fight. They don't want to pay me because they're done. So I love it. I love the, I love the just, yo, like, dog, mate, ate, dog ate my homework. Yo, man, this big corporation, this big amorphous corporation won't allow me to. Oh, fuck him. Jesus. Um... Yeah, um, so we'll see. I don't understand, honestly, if they're just going to own all the... Con- it depends on how what kind of sale, I guess, they're doing. Are they going to own all the contracts? Because that seems like the only reason to do this, right? Like, what are they buying if they aren't buying the roster? Realistically, the tape library? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't think I don't think the trademark or the, tra- or the library is that, like... You know what, man? You know, valuable. I don't know how much honest. is the UFC making off of... I know the UFC is a different planet. I get it, but like... Tape library has some value. We all want to watch Eddie Chandler, Eddie Alvarez versus Michael Chandler. That was really awesome that one time. And you know, what was it when the guy threw the pokeball after he kneed the other guy into the next dimension? It's not like that's, that's on YouTube. Not, that was MVP. It's not like it's on YouTube fifteen different ways. Um, yeah. Or you could just play. You could just play Pokemon. No one gets need. No one gets a, cave, a skull caved in in Pokemon. Okay. Uh, you never owned a Mankey? No, did not. Or Primate. I mean, did a or person did a Brazilian did a Brazilian have a caved-in skull at any point? Uh probably not. Okay, there's gonna be some more Pokemon talk in stuff we like. Mike knows where it's going. Um, man got man got real sad, real sad at the bar, real sad. Um, uh. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, um, let's just Ugh. pick this fight. I think that was it, right, guys? Let's just pick this fight. Yeah. Let's talk about this UFC card. Yeah. UFC is back at the Apex because why the fuck wouldn't they? They raised prices on those Apex tickets too, man. It's up to $1,800. Um, headlined by a fight between uh, Grant Dawson and King Bobby Green, favorite of this podcast. Um, favorite of this podcast? Not from the betting odds, though. No, people don't think you're going to win. People don't going to be one. And a uh, certain person in this podcast, um, let's not give it away. Let's call him Mark P. No, no. M. Paris. Wow. M. Paris. That's who did it. Sure. Mark, uh, Mark was – I tried to make a Simpsons joke. Um, Mark was like, yeah, that betting line sounds about right. Mike, why don't you tell us the current standings, and then we'll talk about this fight and the betting odds. I can do that. Um, I am barely up at 56 and 33. Mark and Chalk are right behind at 55 and 34. 
And you are not that far behind the rest of us at 53 and 36, Bobby. So I'm three back? Yes. Okay. Well, we're running out of time, though. We got three months, so. You know, uh, you know what, you know what, Bobby. You know what? Stop your shit. Oh no, not for you to okay. win. Okay, for me to catch. You've been on your, you. sh- you've been on your shit for like three months now. Oh, well, you know what? Before it was, yeah, you know, oh, it's so far, far ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't sound like. Honestly, that. what you just said now was actually very sensible. But I'm just done with your shit, Bobby. <laughs> My man's got a bunch of like gold moons under his eyelids right now. You know, and I'm supposed to take anything he says seriously. Okay. Well, it's because like I was starting to feel like a uh, uncle oh, fuck yourself with your with your world championship belt. Let me tell you, this but belt I'll... is going nowhere until you guys pay me the the two the two thirds of it that I did. That, that you Wait, are we, not, have we not paid you for the belt? I don't think so. I, I feel look. like we have. I don't know, point. man. I don't think so. We gotta look at the we gotta look at the it's some but, amazing finances. <laughs> but anyway, in regards to the gold things under my eyes as you mentioned um you know i was starting to feel a little bit of pressure you know just on behind my eyes so you know i'm starting to do some some self-care to make sure that i don't continue feeling that pressure all good fair enough all right um betting odds you said mike sorry as you were giving us the odds uh, the, the standings uh i gave you that grant Dawson was the favorite i think he was like a minus 400 favorite with so like bobby green's like plus 300 yeah, why dude what's it called failing me sometimes man like i can't find like a, a like best fight odds man i uh, yeah i i just went to the ufc website oh geez it's buried um, down there to minus four bet mgm minus 450 to plus 325 that's a big line man i know we all like grant dawson and think the kid's the future and all but all right yeah i got i got i got grant dawson He's he got he got one loss and it was in 2016. So got Grant Dawson. Mark. That's that's enough for me. Yeah, Mike, I'm assuming you do too. <laughs> Mark, you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I he mean, beat fucking Ismagulov. Okay, I love Ismagulov. All right, I can't doubt him now. <laughs> everything on paper is it, it leans his way. He's he, he's younger. He I mean, except experience. Right, Bobby Green has a lot of experience. Bobby Green is a pretty crafty veteran. Um. We've just seen him get out grappled before, and you kind of think Grant Dawson's going to be able to do that. Like Grant has shown that he could wrestle with the best of them. He can wrestle with the best strikers, you know, so people that are dangerous on the stand-up, which I think probably is Bobby's best bet is to try to catch him standing. You know, Bobby has a unique, unorthodox style standing up. Maybe he's going to try to catch him some, you know, with something there. And also because of how he fights with his hands down. He's potentially going to be prepared to try to defend takedowns a little bit better than some of his opponents. But like Grant he Dawson hasn't been tapped just out since like, 09. Is he getting tapped out? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to go decision. I think he's going to get I, I could see a TKO where he's just able to dominate, get his back kind of like Islam did to a degree where he's going to be able to find a dominant position and just rain down enough punches where Bobby Bobby won't quit. And he'll, you know, when the referee stops it, he'll be like, yo, I could still, you know, I'm fine. You know, his punches so what the hard fuck, or whatever. What the, what the fuck move? Like, what the fuck? I could have kept going. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, seems like yeah, appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I just like that Bobby is, this is his sixth fight since last February. I remember a time where Bobby was fighting once a year and it was a lot of chaos. Yeah. And man, Bobby, Bobby Green is a, you know, I saw that he was making like 180 and 180. I think was the last one that it was like he disclosed his pay. He let himself get a good yeah, disclosure. Isn't bad. 
if Bobby Green's getting, I like, let's say it's escalating a little bit, so maybe like 185, 190, whatever it was, a little, like maybe it's a little bit more than last time. Sure. This is his main event here. Good for him, man. He's gonna get, he's gonna get a little bit more from that shitty uh, Venom deal. I was about to say Reebok, but same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, you know, Bobby gets out of this with 200 something good. grand. Yeah, Bobby has been fighting well. I know he's got some bunch of losses, but like, they, he's losing to people like Drew Dober and Islam Mahachev. Like, yeah, these are tough guys. Like, I know all the people he's losing to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. And Mike, you're already on. You're on the you're uh, taking on Grant Dawson, also, right? We mentioned that is correct. Yeah, this is not a bad card, though, honestly, in terms of like names, but in terms of like one sidedness, it reminds me of like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this earlier today, Mark. Mark, like it's like a pro wrestling Saturday morning fight, like a card where it's just like let's Love book it. the jobber, let's book the jobbers against yeah. the real people. Half these guys are already in the ring. Yeah. We don't know who they are. Yeah. You know, they, they already got their tights on. We didn't get. Man, I really <laughs> thought Abdul Razak Al Hassan was going to be something. And uh, he fights very recklessly, though, for the love of God. Man's got 12 wins, and all 12 are my knockout, though. Joe Bodybags mm-hmm. Pfeiffer, though, like him. That's an interesting one. I think someone's going to go in uh, out in that one. Uh, Alex Morano, Joaquin Buckley. There's a lot of chances for people being knocked out, is what I'm getting at. A lot of chances for finishes in this card. There's one right there. Um, Co-main event podcast likes to call Drew Dober the handsomest man in MMA. So that jawline, right. man, that jawline, that is a, that is a, sure. that is a granite jawline. Whoa, whatever happened to Alan Joban? Wow. How quick do you forget? I don't think he fights anymore. Um, dude, but Drew Dober's a good fighter. Drew Dober's a good, he's got 38 fights. He's just a good fighter. Oh yeah. Some of these dudes, man, are just like sticking around, getting paid decently, you know, under what they're worth probably, but still getting paid. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, just putting this out there because Tony Ferguson was in the news today because he gave an interview and he seemed like a, you know, he was on top of it. If he, if the UFC insists on this dude fighting, UFC 300 versus Jim Miller, that's the last one. Okay. Just putting that out. That's had that thought. Let's, let's just see how he looks with, oh, with, with Pat. I, speaking of Jim Miller, I heard his, um, his walkout song outside of a UFC event the other day. Creedence Clearwater Revival? Is that whatever the name of the song is? Like, yeah, like he comes at the Yeah, he comes to Bad Moon Rising. He comes at the Bad Moon Rising. Bad Moon Rising, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, that's my shit. And like I remember the person I was with was like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, yo, Jim Miller's song. I mean, in fairness, that's like she was like, (laughs) what does that mean? I'm like, all right, forget it. I mean, some people might just associate it as just like Creedence Clearwater Revival. They are like a, you know. They were they pretty popular. They, I mean, popular they did Fortunate Son for the love of God. <laughs> um, are, are they as famous as Jim Miller? Way more famous than Jim Miller. More so, way <laughs> more famous. Granted, everybody who probably knows him is like 45 and above mostly, I'd exactly, say. Exactly, yeah. But they're like, old as dirt. But yeah. I, I'm one of those people who listen to old music, but like still. Um, I I beg to differ. They're more famous than Jim Miller. It's not like Mike. I'm going to say it's not even a debate. It's not even a fucking debate. I don't think anybody it's knows. A, I don't, I, it's a debate. I think less. It's than, a debate. I think in terms of the current MMA fan landscape, too, I think less than 40% know who Jim Miller is. Just okay. How many people know who Bad Water Revival is? Credence Clearwater Revival? Everybody sure. over the age of 45. How many of them, how many people over the age of 45 are there? I guarantee there's more people under the Mike, age okay, of 45 we gotta, we gotta than over. We got to stop. Um, those people under don't know Jim Miller either. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I think that's all we got, right, Mark? Was there anything else we wanted to hit this week before we do some yeah, stuff? Yeah, like? nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah, nothing that we needed. We need to chime in on uh, stuff we like. I got a few different things actually. We haven't done spot. We this might be a bit longer. We actually haven't done this podcast in a couple weeks. You know, sure. like at least like eleven days or so. First one, I promise More Pokemon talk. Days, I think I promise Pokemon talk. Um, man, a couple weeks ago I was visiting Mike. Thank you again for letting me stay at your house, man. Appreciate it as always. Of course, always. of you know, course. Anytime you want, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, got you some, as well, Mark. Hung out with uh, Miss Jacqueline, oh, really? Mike's girlfriend. Great to see her. Great to see Phil. Great to see our friend Sal. Saw some other friends, Hillary and uh, Peter. It's great. Mike fell asleep on their couch momentarily on and off while we were trying to watch football. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was reminded, man, of like, because I lived there. I lived in the East Coast with you guys, obviously. It's how we're friends. Man, watching football is so much better on the West Coast. It is so late. <laughs> it's so late when football ends, man. Especially on Thursday nights. And, and you know what? You're so lucky you didn't have to experience another UFC card on the East Coast. Um, Dude, yeah, we got out just, so late. Just saying. We got out yeah. so late when we went to that UFC card. I think I told you, Mark. It was like one thirty, and we're like. I know. I'm like, what That's are insane. we doing out here? I can't imagine. And I'm like, are we taking the train? You're like, fuck no. What are you talking? Are you crazy? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hung out with Mike. Uh, we went and got some good food. You should go to Momofuku, by the way, people. Just putting it out there. Very good. I ended up at a karaoke bar. That karaoke karaoke song list was like 18 deep. But deep, somebody, yeah. somebody put on that list, and it wasn't Mike. Somebody put the Pokemon theme song. Okay. Well, there you go. It's a classic. And we, and I think I remember thinking, "Are we really going to be here for eighteen songs?" Yes, we fucking were. Okay, we were for there for at least eighteen songs. I drank a lot of whiskey. This bar, though, they're like, "Hey, like, who requested the song? They need the person who requested the song to get the mic, right?" Because people will request songs and then just leave. The person which, who requested, which, to be honest, Bob, was a little weird considering that. To request the song there, you actually had to pay for the song beforehand. Yeah. So so that would make me think, yo, fuck it. Like, if I'm going to request a song, I'm going to be here for the song. It's, but then so, again, it's like either the guy was drunk or trolling that did it, is what I got to think. It's totally two options, right? Like, so anyway, comes time for the Pokemon song. Mike's ready to fucking go. Because Mike knows, Mike, does, Mike doesn't need the lyrics. Mike knows the I words. I don't. I do not. And then the guy's like, who requested the song? And Mike should have lied. In fairness, granted, we were a lot of whiskeys in. I was drinking I whiskey. Was. Oh, were you drinking whiskey too? <laughs> I was drinking a combination of whiskeys. I drank a vodka at one point. It was and a lot of then stuff to, ta- <laughs> to taper off, I went with beers because it's like, I got to drive tomorrow. Yeah, there was, it was a heavy pour. And Mike's like, hey, man, I will sing it. I didn't pick it, but I will sing it. And the guy's just like, nah, man, we can't do that. Like, we have a policy here, yada, yada. The guy felt so bad, Mark, that he apologized to Mike through our friend Phil to be like, hey, man, tell your friend I'm really sorry. Like, we just got to keep it going. We have so many songs on the list, and the guy who requested is not here. Other people who, you know, are here. We got to get to their song. Sure. So Mike, okay. Let me tell you, though, that was a real moment of sadness. Mike and I also went out so there So you didn't stage. get to sing the song? No, they they went to the next song. Uh, oh, okay. Well, he should. By the way, people sad. who go to karaoke, I think I got some criticisms here. Mike might be on board here. One, if you're going through some stuff emotionally – one song. Okay. I don't need to hear you singing Yo. Tony Braxton and the fucking song that about Princess Diana dying. And then like two other fucking love songs. Like, I get it, man. Things happened. One song. 
two. Yeah, that that one guy who had like five songs, and boy. yeah, he was he was running the gamut of emotions when it came to his karaoke songs because some of them were no, not some of them. One of them was a little cheery. The rest were just like different levels of depression. Dude, dude could sing too, which is my next thing coming in a second here. But I'm just like, there's a lot of women in this bar, man. Maybe sing something a little bit happier. They might be intrigued that's by the guy because that's the other thing. That's the other thing. If you can sing, get the fuck out of here. That's the other one. You yeah. singing and karaoke. That's what I was going right? to say. No ringers. Get the hell out of here with your actual on tune ass. Yeah. Okay. Remember you and, me, you and me went up there and died singing Hakuna Matata? And right That's before right. that, though... What a wonderful phrase. This person before us went up there singing like she was fucking Whitney Houston. And we're just like, yo, we got to follow this? Like, what's happening here? Anyway. No worries. Excellent trip. Um, other one I want to mention, as this is the... Ras- I'm the one to talk about wrestling. I watched uh, the AEW pay-per-view Wrestle Dream. Um, which was a Antonio Inoki um, tribute show of sorts. Um, but honestly, had a really bunch of cool shit going on. I appreciate about AEW, and I think this might also be, Mike, the result of the fact that they charge actual money for their pay-per-views. It's not just a subscription thing. That they really feel the need to like fucking come through on pay-per-view. Because I don't think I've watched an AEW pay-per-view yet. Uh, throughout the end, I was just like, no, nah, that was okay. Every one of them has been like, that was a good fucking show. It was a good, like the criticism I always have is just like, all right, we probably could have cut a match or two, but that was a really good, you know, it was too long maybe, but it was a really good show. This was no different. They did this at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. People might know it as the Key Arena. Um, Mark and I actually went to a UFC event there um, with uh, Benson Henderson and Nate Diaz. Benson beat Nate's ass mm-hmm. for 25 minutes. Very depressing. Pull the toothpick out of his mouth. Pull the mouth. toothpick <laughs> out of his mouth. It was the first one where he did that. Um this card, though, really good. Um, MJF is so over. He's so over. MJF rules. Such a good wrestler. Kid's so talented. His match was great. Um, Shibata and Mike's least favorite wrestler, Eddie Kingston, just hit each other for 10 minutes. Just hitting each other. That was fun. Uh, Julia Hart, a homegrown talent of AEW's, Mike, um, she's gotten quite good, actually. Really good. Embracing her gimmick. Her and Statlander had a great match. Um, there was plenty of like mixed tags matches and shit tag matches that were fun, like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers and the Ass Boys, and that was fun. And the Six Man with the Don Callis family with Jericho, Omega, and Abushi was fun. Um, there was three things that really stood out in this thing. Three matches. One, whose house? Fucking Swerve's house, and it really was Swerve's house. Swerve Strickland in Seattle in his element. Whooping Hangman's ass while Prince Nana with the best dance moves in AEW. This uh, maybe not true. They got Daniel Garcia also, Mike. It's hard to say. Prince Nana is great, though. Uh, Prince Nana dancing all over the key arena was pretty great. Swerve getting the biggest win of his career. To see him being world champion. He's talking about being the first black world champion in AEW. I think it's him. Thought it was going to be Keith Lee for a while. Think Swerve's ahead of him. Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr., I think, Mark, you should watch this, given your affinity for Zack Sabre Jr. This was the exact type of match I thought that you would like. Um, And earlier in the evening, uh, fan favorite of the podcast, Josh Barnett, wrestled in AEW. I did not expect that. 
you know, Josh Barnett had a little quick uh, 10-minute match with uh, Claudio. Yeah, you showed me that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Josh got a little pop there from Seattle. You know, his hometown crowd. It was nice. And then finally, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Two out of three falls. I have not seen someone take a body slam on the steel steps before. And by on the steel steps, Mark, I mean on the actual steps part, not the top. Yeah. He threw him off the apron. Someone's got to talk to this kid. He's like 150 pounds. He's going to end up like Jeff Hardy on the fucking thing. Um, They ripped the ring apart. He went on the boards. Christian Cage is doing the best work of his career, at least for the parts I remember. And then, uh, in not the in probably the least the worst kept secret going around these days, uh, Edge debuted in AEW, uh, aka Adam Copeland. Whoever at WWE fucked up and didn't trademark rated R superstar though, not great that you let that just go. It's putting that out there. Probably should have kept yeah, that nickname. That's a good point. Okay. Um, a lot of people thought AEW needed a bit of a jolt after they lost CM Punk. AEW kind of run in the same gimmick that uh, Bellator, you think, would, which is get some of these older or former, you know, maybe not necessarily all them old, but like Edge is old. Get some of these former WWE wrestlers in there to draw attention to the boys like Darby Allin, the boys like, you know, uh, Ricky Starks, the boys like Wheeler Yuta. So Edge was a big for them, man. And Edge is, Edge apparently was not happy with only working the 10 contracted wrestling matches a year he had for WWE. And we also had heard before he came back to WWE, he was quite open about this, that he talked to AEW before he made his in-ring return back in 21, I think. Um, So Edge being, doing things the right way, which is, I'm a businessman, I'm an independent contractor, I'm going to go who pays me the most amount of money, got WWE to open the, back up the fucking Brinks truck to leave it, to go there instead of AEW back in 21. Apparently, this one, he was creatively creatively stifled a little bit and, you know, only working 10 matches a year. It's not a lot. Is it? Did he really only work 10 he matches had, a he year? Said he was only contracted for 10. Um, I don't know how much they wanted him at this point. WWE seems to want a lot of these old dudes for the purpose of, like, let's get that big pop, you know? He obviously has a greater value to AEW in the sense that, like, they can use him the way that, like, Sting is used and Christian Cage and... They have a way of... AEW does a really good job, I think. Uh, as called the criticisms you can give AEW. They do a good job of using these older, more established talent to make these younger dudes. They do a really good job of that. You know, Brian Danielson has made it his mission to make Ricky Starks, and I think he did. So, um, and, you know, Christian Cage is on fire. And apparently, uh, Edge's little daughter told him, I think you should go have fun with Uncle Jay, which is... That's Christian. So, uh... I, as someone who grew up with Edge and Christian being my favorite tag team, um, my girlfriend goes, you always just rooted for the bad guys? I'm like, well, not always, but often. Edge and Christian were my favorite tag team. I hope, and I'm sure it's not going to happen immediately, given the way Edge debuted, which was kind of confronting Christian. I hope the way he goes, I hope the way they both go out is with, you know, the return of E and C. You know, a few five-second poses. Maybe Christian comes out wearing those absurd over-the-head sunglasses he used to have back in the 2000s. Not sure if you ever saw those. It literally went over the scalp. No ears. This is sunglasses. Just over the top. But yeah, it was a good pay-per-view, as usual. They had a good pay-per-view. Um, I think they're going to be on on Max anyway in the next, uh, you know, in the next five months anyway, ultimately. But I talked a lot. That's what I got this week, you know. Went to New York. Watched AEW. I also went to Mexico. Get some tacos if you go to Mexico. That's what I got. Mike, what do you got? 
I don't have too much to be honest. Um, I will continue on with a theme I think I've had over the last month, month and a half. And I watched another installment in the Conjuring universe in that I watched the the nun. Um, my girlfriend and I watched it this past uh, Sunday. Um, it was good. Um, it was uh, it was it was enjoyable. Um, one thing I've appreciated about the Conjuring franchise that I told my girlfriend is that the movies are like ninety minutes long. They're not long at all, and. I think the exact words I told her were they do not fuck around. It's like they give you like maybe two little subtle scares or like, ooh, all right, well, we're building up just slightly. And then it's bam, we're pulling you out of the bed, like by your fucking ankles. It's amazing. Great movie. Highly enjoy it. Um, I'm not sure what the next movie is in the Conjuring franchise. I think it's Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, I think we might watch it before next Monday. So I'll give you an update. So there's a whole ass universe. It's not just Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2, shit like that. There's, yeah, like, there's like a man, cinematic a... universe going. So there's the two Conjuring movies that have come out. And then there have been a number of spinoffs. There have been a spinoffs for Annabelle, some doll, and then there's been spinoffs for The Nun as well. Mark, has you watched all these or any of these? Uh, I saw some of them because aren't they about the um, like the Warren family? Like, aren't those like the reoccurring characters? I don't know if they're in The Nun. I think Annabelle they are. I've seen some of them. Me and Christine have watched a few of them, they're, and they're good. Right on. Okay. Um, Mark? What game uh, news? Yeah, what game news do we got besides? Well, actually, I have nothing. So, what do we got, games news wise? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, October's a big month. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, a new Assassin's Creed, I think, is coming out this week, which is they're going back to the roots. It's more like I don't know exactly where it's taking place from, but it's like more grounded in like the first two than it has been. The last couple have been like ancient Greece and um, like Vikings and stuff. And now they're kind of going back to like the what many people consider like classic Assassin's Creed. And I think what's kind of cool about it too, is I think it's a budget title. Like I think it's only 40 bucks or something, which I do find much more appealing. I mean, I'm personally, I think it's called Assassin's Creed Mirage and I'm personally not that interested in picking it up. But when I heard like, Oh, 40 bucks, like, well, that's, I think that's a good price point. You know, if you're not going to do a whole, like, Oh, this is a whole new kind of like, timeline kind of thing um going back to the roots i think that seems like a fair price um in the coming weeks there's going to be a lot more obviously spider-man comes out later in the month mario comes out later in the month um had a big update to uh, cyberpunk that a lot of people are jazzed about um but mostly for me um I, there hasn't been a lot of game stuff going on i mean i'm still playing boulders gate which has been really fun um but there's been some life stuff going on, which is going to be the last thing I talk about that has made it hard to, to get gaming time in. Uh, but I did make some time to read up on some comics, or at least one comic, that I picked up when I was in San Luis Obispo. Um, that was called Murder Falcon, and this was from Darren Warren Johnson. So I actually talked about Darren Warren Johnson a couple months ago when I randomly stumbled upon a graphic novel called Do a Powerbomb. And instantly fell in love with it uh 
one of the best comics I read. And now I, I read I Murder Falcon. I'm I like, need to start reading that. I know you, you need to read co- it because I want it back to read it. I again, know. I realize that <laughs> it's all good because like this is someone like I'm going to read all his shit. Like I don't I don't have my finger on the pulse of a lot of people, but like sometimes you come across like certain artists or story writers or something, and it's like oh, this guy's working on a different level. Like he draws and does his own stories, and in both do a power bomb and now Murder Falcon, you see this. Dichotomy of where, like, on the surface, it's just cool ass shit. Like, do a power bomb is about pro wrestling, and it's done so fucking well. Just the action and like the, the way he draws, the, the way he like, I love his style. But also, like, there's also an emotional bend to all of his stories so far that I've read, and I've only read Murder Falcon and Do a Power Bomb. But each one has like an emotional kind of grip to it. So it's not just like, oh, this is some cool ass shit. It's like, oh, here's some cool ass shit, and then here's some emotional drama bedded into it to really get you invested. So like. The basic premise of Murder Falcon is like this guy can summon this anamorphic falcon dude that has like mechanical arm that fights monsters, right? And there's monsters, chaos monsters are coming into Earth and he has to defend the Earth. But it's really about like this dude dealing with cancer and basically that he's going to die and that even though his life is kind of hopeless, like he's still like has that willpower and bravery to like scream into the void and kind of like make himself heard or try to make an impact or something. Uh, extremely like one again, just like so fucking cool. Like just like the art style and like the stuff that happens in the comic is just like, he's getting his little band together and they all get like these cool little animals. It's like, it's something like I'm reading this. I'm like, man, this would make such a good fucking like movie or cartoon or animated show. Cause it's just like, it reminded me of a lot of Scott Pilgrim where it's just like, it's out there. It's just really fucking fun and cool. Um, and then obviously like the emotional grip of it is like really impactful too. So now that I've read these two, it's like, I also ended up buying, uh, he did a story for wonder woman that I also got when I was in San Luis Obispo that I haven't read yet. Um, and I think now he's doing the transformers comic, which I have no interest in. I've never liked transformers in my, like they've never, we Bobby, we talked about, we watched one of the movies. I felt asleep during it like three times because i have <laughs> no you know like there's no impact there or interest whatsoever i just it was just gears grinding for an hour and a half um but like it's like two and a half dude, hours <laughs> yeah long ass movies but like this dude's something special you know like like he really is kind of doing something different in the comic landscape so like I, i'm buying up all his stuff and collecting all of it now because it's like he also did a beta ray bill for marvel um he just has such a unique voice and style that like i totally recommend Murder Falcon, do a power bomb. Those are the ones I read so far, but like this dude's fantastic. I really love his work. Um, also, randomly over the last two weeks, stumbled upon some random comedian on YouTube called uh, Shane Smith. Uh, white guy, glasses, completely tatted up. I don't know. I, I kept getting him on my feed and I was like, oh, let's give him a shot. Um, I think he has like three 30 minute specials. Really good. Like this dude lived a crazy life. He used to be part of like a biker gang. That is now like kind of a geeky stand-up comedian and he has some really f- crazy stories. But the first one I saw and I could recommend that like people like, hey, if you want to dip your toe in, it's it's a long bit. It's like a 25 minute like segment. But he talks about how he randomly um, entered a what he thought was a UFC style like to the death fight tournament. But it was like a karate point tournament that he ends up like not understanding like the differences between the two. And I thought it was really fun. And we just ended up watching all of his other specials after that um, and really enjoyed his stuff. I wish he had more stuff to, you know, after that, I kept looking up more stuff. I was like, oh, I've seen all the bits on YouTube. Now there's not really, he doesn't have more material to, to consume, which I was, you know, 
disappointed because I really like this stuff. Um, and then lastly, you know, I mentioned weeks ago, we we're in the process of moving. We're finally moved. We're out of the old place. We're in the new place. I, I see that carpet, moving. baby. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Mike knows because he did it. He did a huge move on his place. Like, it's just such a hassle, like trying to, you know, pack everything and the planning and trying to, you know, changing addresses and bills and doing all this stuff. You know, you kind of just work up for it for months and it just feels good to finally be done with the old place. Now we're in the new place and we can start unpacking and kind of making this new place, you know, the new home. They still um, give you, still give you those good, sweet you know? coupons with the USPS change of address form. Give you like a, I, mean, I, did, I, I did some of it. Like I was like, none okay. of them. Huh? Like you never like, use no. any of those. Hey, man, you got that bad bathroom. I mean, well, bad bathroom beyond's not a thing anymore, is it? But like that yeah, was yeah, useful. I think that's that the was one I clipped, and I was like, those stores even exist. Well, one time they gave an Amazon one. I think that went away quick though, because I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna abuse this. <laughs> but yeah, we're definitely in the process where it's like we still got a lot of shit in boxes. But it, it, it we're at the point where it's kind of like the fun stuff. It's like okay, now it's like it's almost like opening up Christmas gifts. Like oh, what's in this box? Like oh, it's all these books and crap that like. You know, a month ago, I was like, why do I keep all this shit? And now you live because I love it. Well, also, though, if you just live for a while and then you remember, like, like I went and found all this stuff that I'd like when I sold my car and got another car. I took all this, you know, I took everything and took it to my apartment. I had this big, like, container full of stuff. And I, like, I forgot about it. Then I saw it the other day and I was just like, so I've just been driving this car now for five months with this other stuff not existing. Why did I have all this stuff at times? Like, oh, yeah. Why do you have it? It's like, I haven't haven't used it in the last three years like should i really hold on to it but like me me and christine we just we love our dumb shit like we we buy lots of you need a storage knickknacks and freaking <laughs> books on books and and the thing is it's a hassle to pack them up and yeah. to unpack them but books like, are so the reality reality is, is like, yo we moved i remember my, we moved my uh when mike and I, I first year of law school we lived different places and then we came back in the summer just to move and like all the stuff, we'd put it in my apartment because my lease actually went a year. All the other boys' lease expired after like nine months. Remember that thing, Mike? Yes. Yeah, and we yeah, had to, and then like yeah. our moving truck, they didn't, they just didn't have our moving truck. So we just filled my Toyota Highlander up about eight times and drove like the five <laughs> blocks to the new place. And I remember when Mike got to the box of just books, and Mike was just like, "Yo, fuck you! What? What? What is this? What? Why'd you put all the books in one? Never again." Don't you do that. Don't yeah. put all the books in one box. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. terrible. You learned that quick. Because <laughs> you can fit a lot of books in a box. Oh, but there's no. You're filling a box. You're like, man, you can fit a lot of books in this box. And then you try to lift that box. Like, holy oh shit. Oh, my God. I mean, like a 60-pound so box. This is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're in that process. But it feels good. We're, we're not, Now it's like, okay, there's still work to be done. But, like, it's starting to feel like home. It's it's And it, it's an upgrade, too. Like, sometimes you move and it's like, eh. You know, we had to move to a smaller place or it's not quite as nice as where you were before or something, but it was, it, it's an upgrade from where we were before. So it's, it's definitely been good stuff. So feels good. A lot of that pressure is off. There's still a lot to do, but yeah, we're over the tough part. So hell yeah. Okay. Um, think we're done till next week. Next week, we're going to be previewing, um, we see a bell tour still a company. That'll be a weekly check-in. We're going to preview yet another Apex card, because why not? $1,800 a ticket for the 60 seats or whatever they're selling. Uh, pretty goddamn sick main event, just in terms of action. Um, Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Barboza. Then, man, does it fall off a cliff. Irina Alexiva versus Melissa Dickens. That cannot be the real co-main event. Vivian Arujo versus Jennifer Maya might be the co-main event. Man, they're really punishing Michelle Pereira for missing weight so badly. They're going to send his ass to the middle of an Apex card? That's rough, Mark. It's rough. <laughs> Life ain't easy. 
Yeah, Christian Rodriguez. You beat up, what's his name, right? You beat up Raul Rosas Jr. You know, he went back on pay-per-view. You, you're in the middle of a fucking, you know, middle of an Apex card. What are you going to do? All right. Um, until next week, I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ Mark. Hey, one of us might be the next speaker of the house. We'll see if only two of us are here next week. Probably not. Probably not. You know what? Mark's got the best chance. It's a Republican one. He's got the best chance. <laughs> He's got the best chance. He's got. Mike's got no chance. I don't got much of a chance either. Quite frankly, I could pull like a Tim. I could pull like a Tim Scott. Mike's yeah. just gonna talk about all the times he's been to Utah. <laughs> Please, yo, make that me. <laughs> that makes me half a Republican right there. There we go. All right, guys, thank you for so much for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. Go get your booster shot. Fuck it. Why not? Hey, uh, maybe no. Anyway, sure. peace out. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I got my booster shot this weekend. Let me tell you something. That shit whooped my ass. Did you do just the booster? Or did you do flu shot just also? the booster. You didn't go double just up like booster. Jacqueline did? No, because I couldn't find my insurance card and I didn't want to spend 70 bucks on the flu shot. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to do I'm doubling up on Thursday. Let me know, man. I just giving advice here because, you know, Patrick, uh, Travis Kelsey out there doing Pfizer commercials. Got Taylor Swift, you know. Maybe I'll get rich too. I already got a girlfriend, but hell, maybe I'll get a commercial, you know. Might work out. Never know. Anyway, fucking theme song's over. See you guys later. Peace out.